0: Beginning a brand new series, and um, it's entitled Change My Mind. We're going to be talking about the power of our thoughts, the power of renewing our mind by the Word of God, and uh, not living, um, not letting our thought life become the victim of memory and circumstance, but living by the power and the truth of Scripture and by the truth and the promises of God. This series will be life changing to you if you will open your heart to it. I'm going to be talking about it for four weeks, and I truly do believe that the Spirit of God is going to do something great in us and through us, and the the 9 o'clock was so powerful, and I know that God's going to do something in God's favorite service of the day, the 1015. So we're going to read Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and we don't do this a lot because usually I read too much Scripture, but I'm only going to read a verse. Would you stand with me? We want to honor the Scripture today. How many believe that the Bible um, is powerful, the Bible is life-giving, the Bible is life-changing? Come on, give me an amen. And uh, we reverence the Word of God, we honor and respect the Word of the Lord, and we believe that um, it can change our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, conformed or transformed, conformed or transformed. We're going to talk about this today, and I believe that God's going to do something really great in your life. Father, we are praying in the name of Jesus over the next four weeks that you would change our mind, that you would renew our mind, that you would help us by the power of the word of God and by the presence of the Holy Spirit to renew our mind, to change our mind, to transform our thought life. And as we transform our thinking, we know that it will transform our life. Speak to us now, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, the whole church said amen, amen, Amen and amen. You can be seated. I want to just give you a few thoughts today as we begin this conversation. Uh, I'm not going to get super practical. I'm not going to give you a lot of how-tos, but over the next uh, four weeks, we'll get more and more detailed, and I'll give you more and more tools and handles on how to really master your thought life but let me just give you a few things today to stir your faith and uh, get you excited about this series and hopefully provoke you uh, to believe God with me that God's really going to do something amazing in your life let me give you point uh, point number one is you choose your thoughts you choose your thoughts the devil doesn't choose your thoughts God doesn't choose your thoughts your spouse doesn't choose your thoughts culture doesn't choose your thoughts you choose your thoughts Your boss doesn't choose your thoughts. Um, A good day doesn't choose your thoughts and a bad day doesn't choose your thoughts. You choose your thoughts. Look, Look what the Bible said. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. This is possibility. This is choice. This is choosing language. This is the spirit of God speaking to you, saying you have a choice in this. And the choice is if you want to be conformed, to the patterns of this world go ahead but if you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind God is offering you this this is a choice he he said in Deuteronomy 29 today I lay before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life that you and your children may live God is a god of choices the the book of the Bible excuse me is not a book of destiny it's a book of decisions It's a book of choices. It's a book of possibility. It's it's God's will and testament to you saying, if you want it, it's available. I've got something amazing for you. You choose your thoughts. Now, the average American uh, thinks 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, and 70% are negative. The average American is thinking fifty to 70,000 thoughts a day, and 70% are negative. you got to think about this. You have to choose your thought. You have to choose what you allow in your mind. A couple of years ago, when we first moved into our house, Goldie was uh, just a little over two, and I didn't want her to be afraid of bugs, so I called bugs ladybugs because I just wanted her to not be afraid of a fly or freak out, you know, if, if there was a ladybug. So I wanted her to not just be so scared of bugs, and so we say, oh, you know, bugs can't hurt you. It's a ladybug. You know, we're trying to do this whole thing. And she was walking to the bathroom and uh, just kind of, you know, getting potty trained, was going to the bathroom by herself. And she, as she's walking, she goes, oh, dad, look, there's a ladybug. And just something in me said, there isn't a ladybug in our bathroom. <laughs> Come on, parents, in that spidey sense, kids over you and you're like. So I just run and I just grab her. I go, where is it? And I'm trying to stay cool. Because so I don't want her to be afraid. But where is it? It goes right there. We look down. There's a scorpion right there. And I said, honey, just close your eyes in prayer. And I, and I sent that scorpion to its maker. He said, I want to meet Jesus. I said, I can introduce you. And so some of you are going, Jabin, even scorpions are God's creation. They are. And I wanted him to know God. And so I, I let him meet his Savior. And so I ended that scorpion's time on earth. And I got her out, and then and then the next thing I did is I, I called the exterminator I called, I called the bug man, and I said, "I need y'all here now. I need you to come here now." and so they came, and they you know for that since then, two years ago, they spray our house and they come once a month and they spray the outside, they spray the inside, they spray the garage, they spray everything um, and now I pay a price, I pay a price to make sure that I choose who comes into my house. I choose it i I decide who comes in I, not, not everybody gets to decide someone came over to the house the other day and Shannon was laughing at me because uh, they were a friend they were dropping something off to me but they weren't coming into the house <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I opened the door and go hey and I shut the door and I talked to them out in the porch because <laughs> I choose who comes into my house and our house was messy and they weren't going to come in because I choose because it's my house <laughs> And you choose who goes into your house. And whether it's a person or a bug or anything else, you choose who comes into your house in in the same way we choose our thoughts. I didn't just go, well, I guess the scorpions and the centipedes and the cockroaches want to live in here and, you know, I just need to be a good... No. Is it making your skin crawl? Anybody? Ah, ah. I, I decide who enters... My home, And you decide what thoughts take up residence in your mind. Most people, most Christians do not think that they have any power over their thought life. So they end up tolerating daily intruders that rob their peace, destroy their faith, and steal their hope. You have to think about what you think about. You have to think about what you, now I'm going to get into this in great detail over the next few weeks, but 2 Corinthians 10 tells us we have to take captive every thought. We decide, you decide. So I want to give you a a very simple thought that is so profound if you would just allow it to get in your heart today. This is uh, from Pastor Kevin Gerald, a dear friend. He said this, I am the thinker of my thoughts. I don't know if that sounds profound to you or simple to you. It doesn't matter. It's powerful. It'll change your life. You're the thinker of your thoughts. Your circumstances don't think for you. Your spouse doesn't think for you. Your child doesn't think for you. Your boss doesn't think for you. You are the thinker of your thoughts. I cannot control everything around me, but I must lead my inner life. It's good, J.V. Thanks. Thanks, John someone saying amen to me so so here's the reality my thoughts are affecting my emotions my thoughts are leading to actions and my thoughts are creating patterns and my dominant thoughts become easier and easier to think I don't want to get too lost in this, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of neuroscience really quick that's going to help you. My dominant thoughts are becoming easier and easier to think. So this morning, when my alarm went off on my phone, I grabbed it, I grabbed my phone, I opened my eyes, and I went to Instagram. I just, I just didn't even think about it. And then by the time the snooze button went off, Oh, okay, I got to get up. And then I got up. So I know I disappointed somebody. I didn't wake up and, oh, start praying in tongues and float to the shower. da 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 No, I didn't. I checked Instagram. I'm disappointed that I did, but I did. Because it's just what I do every morning. It's not great. I heard Rick Warren say one time, before my feet touch the floor, I tell Jesus he is Lord. And I went, before I move a muscle, I check Instagram. I know, now it's not good. I need to be more like Rick Warren. But I've done it for so many years, it's just, it becomes easier and easier to do. Okay, so now Stanford University did a a study on this, and here's what they say. When you repeat a behavior, it could be anything. It could be complaining, it could be lying, it could be uh, positivity, it could be encouragement, it could be exercise, it could be drinking, I mean, anything, whatever it is, When you repeat a behavior, your neurons branch out to each other to ease the flow of information. Let me just tell you what I just said. Your brain, the the actual organ up here, your brain is constantly looking for the path of least resistance. It just is. But the more you, so the more you do a thing, the easier it is for your brain to do and your brain craves it this is why people wake up and they've got to smoke a cigarette. It's more than the body craving nicotine. You need that moment because you now have a muscle memory. <sighs> Some of you lie. You're just a liar. <laughs> Y'all ever met a liar?
1: Hey, man, Sorry, I'm late, man.
0: Traffic is great. I'm like, eh, it's Sunday morning. There was no traffic. Just They're just so good at, bam, they just know how to do it. Oh, and there was road construction. Not on Sunday.
1: <laughs>
0: but they just, because it, now it's, it's easier to lie than to tell the truth. Well, it could be anything. It could be destructive. It could be pornography. It could be gambling. It could be an addiction. It could be exercise. You know, there are people now. Do you know this person? Yeah, man, now I just wake up at five. I just do it. It just Oh, kill me. Yeah, if I don't don't get a pump in, man, I just, I'm like, whoa. Some of you keto people, you're like, I don't even like carbs anymore. I'm like, whatever. You don't even miss it. You just grill the cheese. It turns into a tortilla. Lying, you're lying. You've created neurons. You've lied to yourself. The cauliflower rice tastes just like rice. You're lying to yourself, but you've created. But you meet people and they, 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 they cannot function without exercising. And now on the other hand, you, you have people who go, I could never think that way. I could never think positive. I could never break out of insecurity. I could never get uh, on an exercise regimen. I could never. No, you can it's going to be really challenging, but once you break through, then your brain will start to crave it. So see, your mind and your brain are not the same thing, but your brain is at the mercy of your mind. Your brain is at the mercy of your mind. Okay, got to keep doing it. So the more you repeat the behavior, the easier it becomes. So easy, in fact, that you might not even realize you're doing it. Whoa, wow. You know that the average American complains one time per minute in every conversation. Oh, wow. It might be the weather. It might be the wind out there today. It was just windy, man. Just my allergies. <laughs> How many did that this morning? Oh, here comes
1: the wind. Oh. <laughs>
0: trying to be negative Nancy it just comes out just ah, you Just throw up on people <laughs> you, it, it, it's so quick that you don't even realize that you're doing it and scientists describe the process as neurons that fire together wire together and so now Caroline Leaf wrote a, a great book on on this and she talks about how as we think, we can literally change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy patterns of thinking. Yeah. So, the negative patterns that you're thinking right now, you, you trained your brain to go there. Yeah. Whether it's complaining, whether it, whatever it might be, you've trained your brain to go there quickly. So, positivity is really challenging. But you can train your brain to go positive. You can train your brain to be optimistic. You can train your brain to have peace. You can train your brain to let go of anxiety. You can do that. But, but it's going to take work. But, but you choose your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Number two, you are being conformed or transformed right now. Right now, everybody in the room, you're being conformed or transformed. So here's what conform means. The, the Bible said, do not be conformed. Here's what it means. To be shaped from the outside. Shaped from the outside. Outside could be good. Outside could be bad. Either way, you're at the mercy of whatever's happening outside. Am I helping Anybody? So you have a good week and you're good. You have a bad week and you're bad. You have a great day and you're great. You have a challenging day and you're in a bad mood because you're at the mercy of the outside. If your boss was cool, you're cool. If your boss was, was mean to you, then you're a mess. You're at the mercy of whatever may be going on. around. You're being shaped from the outside. Here's what transform means. It means changing form in keeping within a reality. The, the Greek word here is metamufu, which where we get metamorphosis, it's from a caterpillar to a butterfly. So in other words, Christianity is not people going, oh, I need to be a better person. Oh, I need to be a better person. Oh, I need. No, I'm a new creation in Christ. And now from the inside out, I'm being transformed into the image of Jesus. I'm changing but I'm changing form and keeping within a reality. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's who I am in Christ and I'm trying to get more of that Javan to come out. Yeah. So I'm less of this old Javan and I'm more of the new Javan in Jesus. Yeah. So I'm either leaving, living conformed, totally at the mercy of what's happening around me. Or I'm living transformed, being renewed into the image of Jesus. Yeah. So let me, let me go a little further now and conform. Is it all right? Can I go a little deeper? Give me an amen. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Okay. Conform means that every experience has the ability to shape me from the outside. And if I'm not careful, I will sim- my life will simply be, it will simply be the product of what's happened to me. Instead of letting my life be the product of my thinking, you you just become the victim of circumstance. You become the victim of memory. You become the victim of, of what someone said to you or did to you. You give away all your authority. So it's not just sin. See, I used to I used to read Romans 12, too and go, yeah, man, I can't be conformed to the pattern of this world. I can't be like the world. I can't be. But it's anything. It could be success. You're just, you're at the mercy of circumstance constantly. You're at the mercy of memory constantly. You're at the mercy of whatever's happening around you constantly. So the people in your life never know who they're going to get. Because they don't know the day you've had. Am I helping anybody? Yeah. Ooh, so my memories are shaping me. That's what conform means. So I let I let something that happened in nineteen ninety six. I let I let I let I let a, a marriage that went wrong dictate how I see women forever now. I let I let a relationship that went bad dictate how I see men forever now. I let I let how a, a church experience went wrong dictate how I see all preachers. Now yeah, I'll pre oh here he goes talking about the offering. I just knew the preachers while I'm I'm not your last preacher. I'm not your last pastor. Don't put that on me. And and by the way, and you're not the people that you're not the sheep that bit me. Amen. I got a few bite marks. I don't show them, but they're around my ankle. <laughs> they get me sometimes. I don't, I don't put that on you. I go, everyone in this room loves me. Praise the Lord. They, they just love, praise the Lord, Connie. Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> so, don't, don't let a memory. Oof. So all, it, see, when I'm conformed, I'm letting all experience create in me muscle memory. So now we live in a phrase called "triggered." Okay, "triggered" is not a political term, so I don't say "triggered." And you go, "Oh my God, who's a Republican?" Whoa. No, no, stop. <laughs> "Triggered" is a psychological term. It's used by therapists. Here's what it means: "Triggered" means a response caused by particular action, process, and situation. So I'm at the mercy of a process. I'm at the mercy. Of an action. I'm at the mercy of a situation. I'm living my whole life triggered. I'm living my whole life at your mercy. How you treated me, how you talked to me, who's in the White House, who's not in the White House, what's happening in our country, what's happening here? What's I'm living, I'm living at the complete mercy of others who don't even know my name. So I'm living triggered. I'm living appalled. I'm living offended. I'm living constantly ready to attack over someone else's action. I've given away all my authority. This is not the will of God for you. Don't be conformed to this. Don't be like everyone in our culture right now that is looking for any reason to be outraged about anything. You can clap if you want to. I'm telling you the truth. I'll tell you, you don't have to clap. Some of y'all don't want to. You're like, no, I am triggered now. Good. I don't have to tell you. I, you don't have to live this way. You, you don't have to live conformed at the mercy of someone's opinion. You can live transformed. Now, when I talk about trigger, let me just, I'll give you an example from this morning. I went on Instagram, huh? And I open my DMs. And here's a DM from some pastor. And he goes, I don't know him. It was in my little submitted messages. And he goes, hey, I just wanted you to know, I have a speech impediment too. So I I go, you're an idiot. You know, you just want to get conformed, right? Sorry. I don't ever would never call someone an idiot. But it was 5 a.m. and I was frustrated. And And he goes... He was talking about my Lisp. Now, I don't think about my Lisp anymore. I had to renew my mind to get past the insecurity of it because I got made fun of so much as a kid from my older brothers. I have three older brothers it was Satan, the Antichrist, and the, and the beast, the false prophet. Those, are my bro- those were their names. Every time I hear these Bible prophecy teachers, I'm like, we know the Antichrist is, I know. I grew up with them. So anyway, um, but. So in my teenage years, I, I wanted to get rid of my lisp. Well, it was going to take me fixing a tongue thrust, which was going to take a few years. Then they said they were going to have to break my jaw. Then after they break my jaw, then braces. Then after braces, they said, once we fix it, you may not sing anymore. Well, oh, come on. That's my moneymaker, y'all. I ain't trying to go down like that. So I said, no, thank you. Well... I'm now 37, I don't think about it, I'm not insecure about it anymore because I've I've worked on it. Well, man, you get this message, you know, I have a speech impediment too. I went, what are you calling speech impediment? You know what I mean? Excuse me. Well, he was trying to compliment me. Triggered. Hey, you don't look as fat anymore. It's like, wow, thanks. Right? It was like basically that, right? But... So I got triggered. And all of a sudden, I got insecure. And all of a sudden, I started thinking, hey, maybe I should just do the tongue thrust. and Maybe I don't need to just break the jaw. Maybe I just, I don't need to sing anymore. No, nope. And then you have to be transformed again. And you got to let go of the insecurity. And you got to. And by the way, please don't come up to me after service like, I didn't even know you had one until now. <laughs> like, don't. Just don't. Please don't. I'm, I'm sharing my heart. Don't. Amen. Like, y'all are my therapist, but like, imagine if you saw your therapist at like Smith's and they're like, hey, how's that? You're like, no, no, not here, you know. But I don't want to talk about it after this, okay, just. But you can live conformed you can just go right back. Or I can live transformed. Transformed is the ability of God to do a work in my life regardless of circumstance. Come on. Regardless of my gender, regardless of my color of my skin, regardless of how much money I have, regardless of what family I came from, regardless of where I currently am, regardless of how much I have or do not have in my bank account, I can live transformed so I'm not at the mercy of what's going on around me. I'm now living in the possibility of the Spirit of God and the Word of God because your, your thought life is by design or default. And default is gonna be negative, default is gonna be selfish, De- default's gonna be depravity, default's gonna be all about you, but but you can live by design. You can live in freedom, you can live in peace, you can live in joy, you can live in hope, you can live in faith, you can live in freedom, but it's gonna be by design. It's gonna it's gonna take some work, but but you can do it. You don't have to live conform. And Paul is writing to Christians in Romans 12 saying, There are a lot of you that are going to heaven, but you're living like hell. Because you're conformed. You're just like everybody else. But you don't have to live conformed to the patterns of this world. You can live transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if if you choose to not let the word of God be your foundation, if you choose to not let the Holy Spirit renew your mind, if you choose to just come in for an hour on Sundays and never take this seriously, then you will always be at the mercy of your memory and you will always be at the mercy of your circumstances. And you will come into church for miracles because you never walked in principles. And you'll come into church going, pray for our marriage. It's a mess. And I'm going, like, is this at all real to you? Is this? Pray for my thought. I'm addicted. Have you? And I'm not judging any of that. What, but what I'm saying is, you're not going to get free because you walk up here and we put a little oil on your head and you shondo and you fall out. You're going you're gonna to lay down and you're going to stand up the same person. I was raised in charismania. I am a charismaniac. I'm a tongue-talking Pentecostal, but listen to me. I saw all the mess of it. Of people that wanted to come in and in an hour get a breakthrough. But they never wanted to take this thing seriously. And allow the, the, the word of God to renew. So they lived at the mercy
1: of circumstance.
0: Now, if you'll do it, if you'll choose to be transformed, then, oh, it's good news. Here's point three. It's the shortest point I've ever, here's point three. Then, that's my point. (laughs) Then you get to live in the will of God. Come on,
1: somebody. The perfect, pleasing, pleasing,
0: Acceptable will of God. You don't live in the will of God because you want to. You live in the will of God because you've renewed your mind to such a place that your renewed mind leads you into the will of God. Do you know how many Christians I talked to? I just want to know the will of God for my just want to know the will of God for my I just want to know the will of God for my the will of God is only known by the renewed mind. Look at that on the screen. Write that down. Take a picture of it. Do something with it. The will of God is only known by the renewed mind. But if you would renew your mind, you would know the will of God. If you would renew your mind, you would know the will of God. The will of God is not a mystery. The will of God is not for a few super spiritual saints. The will of God is not for pastors. The will of God is not hard to discover, but it does take a renewed mind. And the more my mind is renewed by the truth of God's word, the more obvious the will of God becomes. I met with a great friend this week, a really great guy. I love him so much. Great guy in our church. And he was asking me questions. And, and I said, you know, so much of this is going to get answered in this new series. I said, because you're asking this question about family and this question about business and this question about a decision, and I'm so grateful you're coming to me for for wisdom. I I think I have wisdom. I think I have something to say. I said, but so much of these kind of decisions will just flow from a renewed mind. You'll just know. You're, You're so connected and acquainted with truth that every lie becomes obvious. Every lie becomes obvious because you know the truth. So I have a friend, he walked up to me. Um, he's another preacher, and we, he walked into this little room right before we were about to go out to preach, and I noticed this beautiful watch on his wrist, a Rolex, and I said, oh my gosh, beautiful watch. And he goes, it's fake. I go, why are you wearing it? He goes, I just found out. I go, how'd you get it? He goes, well, a, a friend or a, a so-called friend gave it to me. And I go, well, does he think it's real? He goes, I don't know. I need to find out. It was, he had all just, you know, his world was shattering in front of him, right? He was living conformed. <laughs> And so, but that's pretty disappointing when you think you're wearing a $25,000 watch and find out it's 25 bucks from Chinatown. You know what I'm saying? You're like, <laughs> so he, he, uh, he, I go, well, how do you know it's fake? He goes, well, I brought it, I brought it to a Rolex dealer and he showed me eight reasons why it's fake. And he go, and he didn't have to look at a book. He didn't, this man knows watches so well that when he saw the fake, he's like, oh, sorry, bro. It's not. I have another friend. He'll rename nameless for this illustration, but Omar recently bought a pair of <laughs> golf clubs. <laughs> he told the story. That's the only reason I'm telling it. But Omar bought this pair of golf clubs on OfferUp, and he went into a, a golf shop to get them fitted. And the guy goes, Do you, are you sure you want these fitted? And he goes, yeah, why? He goes, well, they're They're not real. They're a knockoff. Because how do you know they're a knockoff? And the guy starts showing them, well, it's, they're, they're fake because of this and this and this and this. And he's, the guy just knew real because he's around real so much that he spotted a fake in a second. And so, come on, we're believing that God's going to give Omar a hundredfold for that thief <laughs> that stole his money. Amen. So, somebody give him an offering after service, praise the Lord. <laughs> and so... Uh, I have another friend, she's a bank teller, and she said, you know, they don't, they don't teach us how to spot a fake. They don't teach us how to, how to, how to spot fake currency, a counterfeit. She said, Jamie, we touch money all day, every day. The moment we touch a counterfeit bill, we know it. Not because they taught us how to spot it, but because we just are handling the real thing all day. She goes, you would never know. You would never know it was fake. You would never know it was counterfeit, but we know. Yeah, yeah. How do I know the will of God? You get so connected to truth. You get so connected to Scripture. I hate this mask in my thing. I, you get so connected to the Word of the Lord. You get so connected to the truth of who God is. You get so connected to the real God, God told the prophet Ezekiel, eat the book, eat the scroll, consume it, live in it. I just know that I know what God feels like. I know what he sounds like. I know, I know what the presence of God feels like. That any time I sense a counterfeit, I, I, just, I just know it because I know this so real. Yeah, yeah. And, and like an example would be our, our real estate agent right now. They keep sending us properties and I know it's not God. Yeah, yeah. What about this? No. What about this? No. What about this, Lane? No. What about No. Why no? Because I just haven't got a yes yet. Because I just know what God feels like. I know what his voice, I know what his will feels like. So when the right building pops up, we're going to know it. We're going to buy it. But until then, we're not going to rush. I didn't even have to pray about that. I haven't, had to, I haven't prayed one time, Lord, show me the right building. It's really good. Yeah. I live in a renewed mind. And, I, and because of that, I live in the peace of God. So if I ever look at a building that isn't God, the peace lifts. I don't get a peace about something. I live in peace. And if the peace lifts, then I know it isn't God. Wow. Did that make sense to anybody? I'm not saying I'm super spiritual. I just live in the peace of God the praise of God. But I live close enough to Jesus. I, I, I walk with Jesus close enough. I walk with the spirit of God close enough that anytime I feel a counterfeit anything, I just go, oh, no, that ain't. That building isn't it. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to sign that deal. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to partner with them. We're not. Supposed... Then you'll know. Then you'll know. Oh, the keys come up. We got to, we got to get out of here. But this is, this is one of the most powerful things about the renewed mind is that then the will of God becomes so obvious. You'll know where to send your kids to school. You'll know when to buy the house. You'll, when to, you'll know when to sign with that company. You'll know the contract to do. You, you know all of that because you know the truth. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? You get something today? Come on, let's give God some praise. I'm, I'm done. So we're going we're gonna to get really into this over the next four weeks. We're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about um, how, how to do this, how to take thoughts captive. We're going to talk about how to replace thoughts. It's going to be, I'm going to get real practical. But I just, I just wanted to start the conversation today and, and hopefully just provoke your faith. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So, Lord, our prayer is that you would change our mind, renew our mind, help us to not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Help us to renew our mind. Just in this sacred moment of prayer, if you're in the room right now and you do not know the Lord, you've never given your life to Christ, or you feel far from God, you haven't been walking with the Lord, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to receive forgiveness today. I give you the opportunity to surrender your life to Him. And if that's you right now, if you've never prayed a prayer to place your faith in Christ, pray with me. Everyone's going to pray out loud, but it's going to mean so much for you to pray. Just right wherever you're sitting, we're going to all pray together. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again, and I declare... Jesus is Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen. Savior, I surrender all.
0: Is anybody old enough to know this song?
1: I surrender all. Oh, I surrender. blessed Savior I surrender all. say it one more time say I surrender all oh I surrender all all to thee oh, all to thee my blessed
0: Let's thank God for his word today. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah.